0: What's up, everyone, and welcome to Momentum Online. Let me say also welcome to our This is Momentum series. Now, this is one of the most important series of the year for us. Why? We're going to talk about who God is calling us to be as a church community. We're talking vision. We're talking mission. We're talking values. But most importantly, each week we're anchoring these things in Scripture. This isn't made-up stuff to become a, a church that would be, ugh, no, look. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Momentum Online and welcome to our series, This is Momentum. Now, this series is so important because together we're talking about culture and mission and vision, who God has called us to be as a community in this day. And most importantly, we're anchoring each of these values in scripture. Now I've told you once, I'll say it again. I can't do this by myself. To build a culture, we gotta be a culture. Here's what I mean. I could talk all day until I'm blue in the face about, we wanna be this kind of place and that kind of place and we wanna do these things in Jesus name, rah, rah. It doesn't matter unless we together embrace these values, embrace who God is calling us to be as a church community in this day. So I need your help. You can start right now because I wanna review our mission. And when you get to a word that's underlined, I need you to say it with me. Our mission is to help people meet Jesus, know Jesus, and make the world what? Better and brighter in Jesus' name. Now, if you missed any of the last three weeks, we go through each one of these. We show where these come from in Scripture and in the life of Jesus and how we live those and how we're going to be reaching for these things as time goes on. But we're going to dive into some more today. As we do, let's pray together. God and Father, There is no one like you. And I'm just here to say that there is a huge gap between my abilities, my heart, my worthiness and the power of your word and who Jesus is and what he means to us. And so, Holy Spirit, I'm just saying, come and fill that gap. I'm saying, if you don't show up and bless us, if you don't show up and be the one teaching and guiding and opening our hearts, this whole thing is useless. And so I'm just saying, step into this space and do what only you can do. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to look today at a scripture, and although it was written some 2,000 years ago, The audience of this scripture, the people it was written to, live in a similar world to ours. The book of the Bible is Hebrews, if you want to turn there and be waiting for me when I get there. But let me tell you about these people and about their world. They lived in a world that was changing rapidly. Does that sound familiar? They lived in a world where people were opposed to the message of Christ and pledging allegiance to Jesus meant that you were going to be swimming upstream in the culture around you. Additionally, these people that we're gonna read from their letter today, this letter was written to them and these people are like us in that. They lived in a world that was filled with ideas and it was so hard to build a life on something that was real and truthful. And so this group of Jesus Ours that lived somewhere in Italy gets a letter that we call Hebrews today and the writer of this letter essentially does two things and two things only number one he reminds them of the sufficiency of Jesus he says you guys just turn to Jesus he is a hope that will be in anchor to your soul. He says that in Jesus, there is a better promise and a better salvation than there ever was in the promise and salvation that Moses gave you. And he says, in Jesus, you have now taken up residence in his kingdom, and his kingdom will be an enduring kingdom, an unstoppable kingdom, and you have to live within that kingdom today. Number one, he lifts up Jesus. And it's interesting in this letter, right after that, the only other thing he really does is is tell this group of people how badly they need one another. And that's what we're going to look at today. Hebrews 10, 23 and following. This writer says, Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider, here's the one another's and we may spur one another on towards good deeds, not giving up, and hold on to these words because we're sitting here today, not giving up on meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. I find it interesting that right after 10 chapters of reminding these people about the hope that's found in Jesus, his next move is to tell them that holding on this Holding on to this hope in these days is directly connected to nesting yourself, embedding yourself in a place amongst other believers. The message, you can't do this alone. This writer knew about the power of place. And that's what I want to draw you into today. Some of you know the power of place instinctively you had a feeling something was changing in your life and so you went to the drugstore and you got that little pregnancy test and then you looked down at a stick that in fact formed you, you had become pregnant. You did the doctor's visit to make sure it was official, and then you got really, really excited, and you started thinking about all the changes in the future, and you called your parents, and they were excited, and now they're going to be grandparents, and things are going to be different for the whole family, and Christmas is going to be fun once again, and there were little outfits that you wanted to pick out, and, and haircuts that you hoped they would have one day, and you were dreaming about the life of this little child, and all kinds of showers happened, and fun things happened, and you started getting closer and closer to that day, and then you remembered that you would go into the hospital with two people, and you would come out with three people, and this third person would need a place. So what happened next? You started paying close attention to the way that this place would look, and The decor that would be in this place, the paint that would go on the walls, the words that would go in the pictures, that would go in the frames, that would go on these walls. Why did you care about this place? Because you knew it was an important place. It was the place where this child would rest and be nourished and grow. And you understood instinctively the power of place. What this writer is telling you and telling me today is that there is a power in place for this group of believers li- living in a changing world that was almost structured to erode the hope that they had had and then they had found in Jesus. This writer says, you guys, you need a place. He could have said he could have said, make sure you send letters to one another. He could have said, make sure you correspond online. He could have said, make sure that every now and then you drop by each other's houses, but he said, no, no, no. Do not give up on gathering together. Why? Because he knew they needed a place. You guys, momentum. We need a place. She needs a place. She got her dream job. It had all the benefits and time off and and flexibility and a paycheck that even exceeded what she would expect. But more and more as she goes to work in that place, she becomes exhausted. She's tired of constantly having to keep people's comfort levels in mind as she just works through that workplace. And they try and connect with her by making comments about her hair, but it only makes her feel less known and she always has to wonder what other people are thinking and her job has just become a burden that she can barely handle and it is not because of the work and the projects and the things she has to do. It's simply because she's black. It's almost once a week that somebody wants to come to her and get her opinion on culture or urban living or some conflict or news story that they heard recently and they want her take on it. And all she wants to do is just do her job. She got the job she dreamed of as a child. But the job is getting more and more exhausting. And she had no idea she would have to do this much work just to do her work. And she needs a place, you guys. A place where she can just be herself. A place where she does not have to live out her life in identity, always in mind of the expectations of others. A place where she could just be a worshiper and a wife and a mom and a Jesus follower. And a place where her identity is simply child of God. And a place where she can just be surrounded by other wives and moms and Jesus followers and pursue the God she loves and knows and wants In a place where she's embraced. He needs a place because he goes to a workplace where everybody wants to be really, really big. And they've got big ideas about big plans and big projects that will lead to big profits and create big new opportunities for everyone. And, and he's began to get more and more grossed out by big lately because here's the thing about big. Everybody comes to him wanting to be big and he's realized no one's really that big. They're either pretending to be big or they're talking big. But when they talk through all these big plans, he can just realize that everybody who's coming to him as big really just wants something from him. And he needs a place. He needs a place where it is about being small. He needs a place centered around the Savior who came very, very small and who grew and who taught. Do you want to know what big is? Big is when you take up your small place in my big kingdom. Big is living as a servant to the world around you. Big is giving up your life for other people, becoming small so they can be big. And when you do so, you truly flourish. He needs a place. She needs a place. Because she was about 17 years old when she realized all the kind treatment and hospitality shown to her, the doors that opened up for her are because she's pretty. And for about 10 years, it was fun and cool, but now she's exhausted. And being pretty isn't as cool as it once was because when she walks by people, they make all kinds of assumptions about who she is and hate on her for simply living life. She likes science. She likes art. But nobody knows that about her. People look at her like they're trying to get their fill from her. She can't tell who really likes her or the idea of her. And she needs a place a place where she is simply embraced by God as she is and who, for who she is. She needs a place with other people around her who just see her like God sees who, who don't walk on eggshells around her and aren't afraid to call her out on her crap. She needs accountability. She needs people who want to look her in the eyes and tell her truth and not what she wants to hear. She needs a place where she can simply be herself. He needs a place. Because more, more recently, he's feeling absolutely crushed under the weight of the provider pressure. Every day is concerns about if there'll be enough in retirement and the wedding that they'll pay for and the two college tuitions and if they can actually get the bathroom redone. And now the world is changing more than ever and the news cycles and the fluctuations seem to have made that weight feel more heavy than ever. And he needs a place. He needs a place where he can be reminded that God is before all things, through all things, and in him all things are held together. He needs a place where he can reset his. Thinking and remember that God has not brought him this far just to drop him on his face. He needs a place where he can reset his thinking, where he can think back on the faithfulness of God and how he has not yet missed one single day of daily bread. He needs a place. And finally, she does too. She needs a place because She's outlived all the topics that they talk about in Christian books. She did all the things her pastor said to do, and all those topical sermons. And she's done her twenties, and she's done married life, and her kids are out of the house, and she taught them about Jesus, and she did the things, and she signed up to serve, and she went on the mission trips, and she did the things that the church was up to in that giving season. And then after the church had done all those things, and she had done all the Dave Ramsey, you know, all the Dave Ramsey baby steps, she gets to a place where she's done it all, and yet she feels like God is not done with her yet. She needs a place. She needs a place where she can be embraced as one of us. She needs a place where people aren't afraid to make fun of her and tease her a little bit. She needs a place where she has purpose and where she is needed. She needs a place where God is not talked about as a simple practical set of steps, but as a powerful and unending mystery with many depths and levels to explore. She needs a place. Guys, We need a place. That's what he's saying here. Our students need a place they're in a world right now where everyone is telling them you need to grow up and you need to they're getting made fun of for not moving out of the house on the right time schedule never mind the fact that the time schedule of education and workplaces and and job opportunities has completely shifted and no one has good information about how to get from here to there they need a place because right now they're told you need to embrace and accept these ideas and if you don't you're going to get left behind they need a place because at 13 years old they're receiving more information and have access to more content than we do now at 30. They need a place because the world is shifting underneath them like sand and they need to be taught how to build a house on rock. They need a place. Children need a place. A place that they look forward to going each Sunday. A place where they are loved as Jesus loved them, accepted as they are and equipped to walk with Jesus for a lifetime. They need to walk through a place and feel something so special that they can't put their fingers on. They need good memories of their place. So when they turn 20, they go, I want to be a part of a place like that. We need a place. That's what he's saying. Now, I want to sandwich what we're doing here in Scripture And so I'll tell you a story. Jesus is born. He walks. He teaches. He loves. He pulls this group of disciples around him. 33 years old. He's betrayed by a friend, tried by the Jews, and executed by Rome. But it didn't end there. Three days later, he returns. And his return and resurrection totally interrupt every system, structure, and life in Judea and around the Mediterranean rim. It's almost like the world is starting to reorder itself around this Jesus and there were a group of people in Jerusalem. They were Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Phrygia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt. Other parts of Libya, near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, Cretans and Arabs, there were all kinds of people there. And through a bizarre chain of events, this disciple, this Jesus follower, filled with this Holy Spirit, finds himself in front of this crowd of people and he says to him, Believe it or not, everything you've been looking for, what brought you to this city today, is now found in Jesus. All of your longings, your desires, those things deep inside of you where you want to just cry out and meet something living and real and holy that loves you as you are. The grace you've been looking for, the salvation you've been looking for, the hope you've been looking for are now found in Jesus because God has made Him both Lord and Savior. 3,000 of these people go lunging at Jesus this day. They give their lives to Him. But then the sun goes down that night, and it comes up the next day. So what did they do? They made a place. It says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and prayer. It was a place, not of pop and circumstance, but of substance a place where these people came together and promised one another that their lives would be governed by Jesus. It was a place of breaking bread and sharing in communion together. They would gather around bread and wine. They would be Persians and Medes and Africans. And they would say, I'm a Mede and you're a Persian and she's an African. But when I break this bread, I am remembering the most important thing about every single one of us is we have been claimed by Christ and because of Him we have everything in common. It was a place of prayer, of seeking God and begging Him to see His kingdom come on earth. The passage goes on and it says everyone was filled with awe and many wonders. Signs were performed by the apostles. God was actually moving in this place amongst these people. It says that all the believers... Were together And they had everything in common. They sold their property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. And when people would show up at this place trying to make it in need, this place and these people would take care of one another. They would do it joyfully and genuinely, not because they were forced to. And it says every day they continued to meet together in temple courts they broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts praising God and enjoying the favor of all of the people. Translation, they loved this place. They loved one another. It was an authentic place. They looked forward to it. They prioritized it and they made an effort to be together because they knew they needed one another. And it says, the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. In other words, They loved each other so well. It made Jesus believable to the world around them. They made a place. And guys, I want to make a place like that today. Oh, I'm not talking about building a building. I'm talking about building a community. A community of people who would live differently. A community of people who would be there for one another, embrace one another, be authentic with one another, who would come together of the banner of of Jesus, different walks of life, backgrounds, languages, places of origin, and say, you know what, the most important thing about us is Him and we're gonna act like it. I want to build a place So what do we do with this? What are the conclusions today? The first is simply this. What we're doing here is unmistakable, holy, and divine. Jesus would say in Matthew, for where two or three are gathered in my my name, you've probably heard this before, there I am with them. What he says is when a group of people gathered together because of Jesus, for Jesus, and through Jesus, He's actually there. And that makes what we are doing holy and sacred. And I want to treat it that way. I don't want to treat it that way by saying, now we all have to wear penny loafers and suits and dresses and skirts to church. I want to treat it that way by being authentic, by prioritizing Jesus and His words to us as a community, by living counterculturally in a community together because we need one another. What I love about that description of believers in the book of Acts is it says they didn't try and out-entertain people like the Colosseum or the theaters. They didn't try and out-impress people like the aristocrats. Like they, they just did it through authenticity and belonging and meeting needs and fellowship and lifting up Jesus. And guys, I tell you that to say this thing is sacred and I intend for us to treat it that way. Two, I can tell you the power of a place comes from the devotion of its people. I don't know about you, but when I hear that, I want to be a part of a place like that. I want momentum to be that kind of place. I want to be nested. I want to be planted in a place like that there's probably a part of you that wants it too. But if we were to ask, how do we get that place? All we have to do is look at the first three verses in that little Acts passage. It says, they devoted themselves. They devoted themselves. Creating a place and a church and a family and a tribe, a community of people lifting up Jesus does not come by wishing for it. It doesn't even come by praying for it. It comes when we devote ourselves to one another. When I devote myself to the community knowing that you guys can't do it without me and when you devote yourself to the community and I know I can't do it without you, that's how a place is made. We've got to make a place, it happens through devotion. And what I know is number three, I have to be the place I want to see. I have to be what I hope to see. I can't just come to a place. I don't attend and it creates a place. A place is made when I show up for people. A place is made when I talk in the courtyard about to somebody about how their week was going and it's Thursday and I text them and I say, I've been praying for you and you're not alone. I just want to see how you're doing. Are you making it and are you okay? That is building a place. When you see somebody in a family and you're like, hey, we should get the kids together and play, even if it's just for an hour, let's get together and talk and hang and have the kids together. That is building a place. When you say to someone, hey, let's get up, we're going to set up at 7 a.m. Can I tell you something? Especially you set up teamers. You're not just messing with curtains. Luke, you're not just pushing buttons on a screen. You're making a place possible. When you sit and you open up your journal and you say, I want to take the word seriously. I'm going to write things down because I want to live these things through the week. You're building a place when you show up at your community group in the middle of a busy week when everything in you just wants to flake, but you say, I got to be there for these people. You're building a place when you join that meal train and somebody's life has just fallen down for a moment and you join the train and you say hey on thursday i'll be there i make the best chips and guacamole you've ever had and we'll put carnitas with it i got your back so be hungry on thursday you're building a place guys when we do community in jesus name together we're building a place When we show up and we worship and we enjoy communion and lift up the word of God and sing together, we're not doing religious duties. We're building a place. We're being faithful in our day. And we are proclaiming that the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, they matter. And we will look forward to those things. As we wait to see them happen, we need a place. Love you guys. Have a great week. Peace.